Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Um, all the times you guys have been here, now everybody's heard me say this, right? Just keep your mouth shut. This is, this is slow to speak, and this is what I'm trying to get across to you, if we could just keep our mouth shut. Well, last week we talked about right, wrong, and preferences, and I want to make sure that you don't take my uh, catchphrase, uh, this is kind of the church logo, you know, just keep your mouth shut, too literal. Some people think that, um, well, let's just say that they mistake our kindness for weakness, and that is not true. We are strong. And what I'm trying to get you to do is the preferences that we have, we are not supposed to argue and grumble about stupid things. And I'm another one that stand up here and say, well, that's just stupid. And I, I always end my, you know, if I don't want to talk about it anymore, this has got me in trouble. If I don't want to talk about it anymore, I say, good for you. Well, now every time I say that, you guys think I don't want to talk to you. Right? Uh, it just becomes such a habit of doing. It doesn't mean anything at all. But seriously, if we could just keep our mouth shut, we would take care of probably 90% of the trouble in our life. But we just have this thing, we, we want to give them justice. And this justice we're going to give them is going to come out of our mouth. And we're, um, you deserve this. And here it comes. And that's just stupid. Preferences really don't make any difference. But when there's right and when there's wrong, you better speak up. Because we are supposed to speak up for those that can't speak up for themselves. And this is actually huge. And you can take this in any kind of context that you want. But there's a lot of people that will not speak up for themselves. We have children. We have uh, grandparents. We have great-grandparents that need our voice in their life. And it's very biblical. Would you put up uh, Proverbs 31, uh, 8 and 9? Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. We are supposed to speak. When I say keep your mouth shut, I'm trying to get you to to stay out of some of these debates and some of these uh, arguments that we have with people that are just stupid. You could just walk away and say, good for you. Or here's, here's a couple other ones. I understand. That happens. I love saying that. That happens. And you've all heard me say it, right? I've met with most of you in my office. I know that happens. Good for you. I understand. I, I got them. You know, it's a, it's a quick button now on my text. If you get a smiley face that says good for you, it means I'm busy or something. No. Now, don't take that to heart. We do not want people to think that we are weak in our kindness. We are trying to be good. We are trying to live a Christian, biblical life according to Scripture and set by the example of Jesus. So when he tells us, be slow to speak, this means think about it a little bit. I say keep your mouth shut. This is the Glenn Scott paraphrase right here. And, you know, chapter 1, verse 1, keep your mouth shut. But there is a time to speak. And we do not do this enough. So when you hear me say that, do not take this literal to everything. I'm just trying to keep you out of getting in arguments. But it is not the case in a lot of things that we're going through right now. 
And I'm not going to start whipping out topics or anything, but we need to speak up for those who cannot speak up. We all have somebody in our life that will not say anything, that will not do anything. Now, I'm not trying to get you to open a can of worms here. That's when you keep your mouth shut. What I'm trying to get you to do is be brave and courageous. When something is right, it is right. When it is wrong, it is wrong. Preferences, keep your mouth shut. Just pick one. doesn't matter. Vanilla, chocolate. I'm a vanilla guy. So when Kelly goes to buy ice cream, I just keep my mouth shut. If I wanted where I got it, I should go get it myself. So let's have a little Bible, Bible teaching here on when to speak and when not to. This, this, is, you know, th- this is one of these things that everybody says is a contradiction in the Bible. And I'm going to try to teach you different. Put up uh, Proverbs 26, 4, and 5, and just leave it up there for a little bit, will you, Kyle? Now, actually, read through this and think about what this says. Do not answer a fool according to his folly. Folly means foolishness. Sometimes it means an unbeliever. Or you yourself will be just like him. Answer a fool according to his folly. Now, didn't that just tell us not to do that? For he will be wise in his own eyes. Okay, the first one says you. The second one says them. Let's take the word he and change it into them. Actually, verse 4 is telling you to not argue the way that they argue, that you will bring them down, or they will bring you down to their level, and they will think that they've won. That's when you do not get in a debate or an argument or anything of the such, especially if you do not know the answer and you do not know whether it's right or wrong. But in verse 5, where it says, or he will be wise in his own eyes, it means you better speak up because he's doing it wrong and he's going to think you will, he won if you don't. So the first one is bringing you down to his level and making you look like a fool. And the second one is actually saying, don't let him go without answering him because he's a fool. When to speak and when not to speak. This is part of the wisdom that's in our life. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, you have this wisdom. If you'll just stop for a second and think about it. And you need to be prepared. You need to know what you're talking about. Last week we talked about, first of all, have your facts straight. Or you will lose this argument and you will end up looking like the fool. If you have your facts straight, you can actually approach them, tell them they're doing right or wrong, whatever it is, and you will be victorious. Don't let someone get away with something. Boy, I better be careful how I say this. You guys are all going to run out of here and start. Know when to speak and when not to. And right is right, and wrong is wrong. The problem with it is how we speak, what we say. And when we think that we're right, we know that we're right, we can't let it go. And this is where we find ourselves actually getting uh, very sinful in our anger. When the emotions start coming in, you, you push God right out the window. He's gone. And you start bombing them. Well, that's when you need to keep your mouth shut. You say what you need to say. You say the right thing, and then keep your mouth shut. We need to make sure that we do this in a right way. But we have a lot of people right now that don't have a voice that you need to be the voice for. And we have a lot of people right now that are being treated very poorly, that will not say anything, that you probably need to say something. It doesn't mean that you turn into some hammering Bible freak 
you do it with love. You do it with kindness. You do it with gentleness. And you don't go on and on. This isn't an argument because it's God's battle to win, not yours. He's going to use you at the right time in the right place to get the job done if you'll allow him to. He's the one that's going to win this battle. He's already won the main battle. But when right is right and wrong is wrong, you speak. You do it the correct way. You get the job done. Then you keep your mouth shut. If you stand there and argue, you will pretty soon be brought down to their level. And they'll think that they won. Walk away. Good for you. I don't believe what you believe. Good for you. I don't think there's a heaven and a hell. Well, I understand. Or do I say, you're wrong. You want me to tell you how wrong you are? You better be prepared. Because if you give the wrong answer, you are going to turn this into an argument that you're going to lose, and they're going to think they won. Some of us are not created to debate. Can I say that? Some of us are not in a position to win the battle. I had a little battle this week, and it looks like I lost. It, I see everybody looking at my arm. Maybe I should have rolled my sleeves down. It's not oozing or anything. But if I would have just stopped what I was doing and said, God, would you help me for a minute? It would have been so simple. I got my arm caught, and instead of just backing up, I pulled it out. Right? Why didn't I just back up the tractor? <laughs> it was so simple. And now you guys can say, dude, why didn't you just back up the tractor? Right is right and wrong is wrong. I blew it. And sometimes you do too. There are things that he tells us absolutely to do that we need to take a look at and understand what it means. When he says to take care of the orphans and the widows, this, this is huge, right? This is right. This is the right thing to do. And I think we're getting a little bit confused here on what orphan and widows are. Now, here's a culture lesson for you. A widow would have been somebody that did not have the means to support herself. You've got to understand the culture, right? That the women didn't go out of the house and all that. We're going back now over 2,000 years. When a widow tried to take care of herself, she didn't have a job. She couldn't get a job. She got treated differently than everybody else. She was poor. She was crushed in spirit. There was nothing for her to do. We're supposed to take care of them. Now, you want to take that literal? Okay. We live in a different society now, and he actually teaches us equality. You decide. An orphan is somebody that is fatherless. Same scenario. They would not have any income. The father was the protection. The, the men were everything at this time. So to take care of the orphans and the widows actually meant to stand up for those that couldn't stand up for themselves, that didn't have the means to get by. You, you have to put this into your life. You have to put this into your culture. We don't just run out and say, she's a widow, I need to take care of her. A widow means that it's somebody that could not take care of themselves. An orphan was somebody that was just lost, the fatherless. God is a father to the fatherless. Now I want you to put this into your own life. You are orphans and widows. We got separated from God. We were fatherless. We could not get ourselves into heaven. 
We cannot provide that kind of stuff. You understand that we're the orphans and the widows now? And people need help. And we need to speak up for them. These are the people that do not have the means or the ability to get the things that they need. And I think it starts in our own hometown first. I'm not all good with sending a lot of money to Africa when I know people right down the road that don't have lunches and their kids go to school. Well, this year, I don't know whether they will or not. If everybody would take care of their own, the church works perfect. And this was the original intention of government, was that the church was going to take care of the people that were in need. We don't do very good, do we? I hope that we do better than most, and I'm willing to let you look at whatever you want to on what we help support and what we do. I can't tell you the people's names that we help, but I'll tell you what, if you're going to send a thousand bucks to Africa and there's a person down the road that doesn't have any groceries in their cupboard, you're wrong. And I'll speak up. It's the time to speak. They're sending all kinds of funds and, and resources to people when we have our own right in your own hot town. I don't care if it's this town or wherever you're from or wherever you're watching from. If everybody would take care of their own, there wouldn't be any problems. I got on a rant there, didn't I? This is the church. And right is right and wrong is wrong. And just shut up about the preferences. I'll eat chocolate if that's all you got. Right? That's just stupid. Why would we argue about that? I'm, I'm exaggerating so that I can make a point here. But when something is right, speak up. When something is right, do it. And you will have God with you the whole time. He is the one that's going to fight this battle for you. If I would have just backed up the tractor, everything would be fine. Now, I'm using that because that's what happened to me this week. What happened to you guys? What did you get yourself involved in? Did you actually know the facts? Were you speaking for those that can't speak for themselves? Were you arguing about simple preferences? Most people do. And it's just foolish. We're not supposed to do it. We are to defend ourselves, though. I don't want you to ever think that being kind means you roll over and play dead. In fact, I made this little list. Kindness is not weakness. Silence does not mean approval. Gentleness is not the lack of strength. Peaceful is not the lack of righteousness. Love is not the lack of anger. We can get angry. It's okay to get angry. It's what you do with it that's the problem. People think that coming to Christianity and following all these rules and stuff makes you weak, that you can't do it yourself, that life has got you and you just can't deal with it. And there's nothing further than the truth from that. It is the strength that each and every one of us needs to pour out on our families, on our communities. Right is right, and wrong is wrong. And I'm not going to argue with you about it. Some stuff is just stupid. I'll even eat strawberry. Racism started a long, long time ago, and it's biblical. And this is part of the lesson, because right is right, and wrong is wrong. Um, 
In the book of Acts, in chapter 6, some of you should probably read through this. They were helping the widows. They were feeding the widows. And the, I'm probably going to say this wrong, Hellenistic widows were not being treated the same way that the Jewish widows were. They were paying more attention to their own than they were the non-believer. Ah, I shouldn't have said non-believer. Um, let me think for a minute. I, I think I got it down here. The Hellenistic Jew would have been those whose ancestors had been dispersed from the land. So they once were with them. Now they're not, and now they're treating them different. They're feeding their own first, and they're not treating the other widows right. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. Feed them. Does it matter who it is? If they're hungry, no. It does not. It's what we do. It's just the Christian way of life to help people. You know, we can use groceries as an example, or we can use a heating oil or gas or whatever you do in the wintertime. We can use all these different things, but I think that you guys can actually go home and think, about what really is a need for somebody. Now, I don't want you to start just writing checks and giving people money, because we don't do that either. We try to figure out what happened and how and what and what can we do, and the guy that really says, hey, I need a car, really just needs a ride. You know what I'm saying? Um, maybe he just needs a pair of shoes so he can walk. When people are in need, it's not giving them what they want. It's giving them what they need. If they're hungry, uh, you don't necessarily write them a check. You take them to the grocery store and buy them groceries. You know, you make sure you, you're a good steward with your resources, but you do it. You know, if you get taken advantage of, well, now we just know that that's just wrong. Well, that's what we don't do. Well, we don't sit there and argue about it. We need to stop this bickering back and forth. Yes, you speak up for those that can't speak for themselves. Yes, you feed the hungry. You take care of people's needs. This is what we're supposed to do with the church. But don't be foolish. In your folly, you'll find a mess. And a lot of us are there. We are discussing things with people that really don't matter. Wouldn't one of your first things to try to find out is if they have any faith? And I'm not saying you have to ask them because they're going to run away from you, right? But if they have the same faith, like-minded we call this, now you're really obligated to help them because we're supposed to help our own first. How are you doing? Kelly is over there busting her butt with those kids. She doesn't get a chance to sit in here in church. I should probably step up and go over there and watch the kids. But that means you'd have to listen to Kelly. So that's just wrong. <laughs> Let's not be a fool here. Now, i tell you what else is wrong. To run down the hall and tell her I said that. <laughs> that's just stupid. I'm sure you understand, and I'm sure you're all saying good for you. Got the smiley face? Text me the smiley face. But spare me, man. Give me some mercy. I'll edit that part out before she sees it, right? <laughs> Kyle, get that to me quick after we're Well, the worship team, get ready. Yep, you're supposed to defend yourself. 
and it's very biblical. And I get this a lot, you know, people take self-defense courses and stuff like that. Actually says in Luke 22, uh, Jesus tells his remaining disciples, they were breaking up and stuff, um, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. I'm not taking that out of context. How about this one? Exodus 22 If a thief is caught breaking into your house at night and struck with a fatal blow, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. Now, don't take that too literal. I'm not giving you permission to whack the first guy that comes. What I'm telling you is we defend ourselves, whether it's with words or whatever it is. We are a strong sect of people with the faith of this in the strength that God gives us. And yes, we're to speak when we're supposed to. Yes, we're to stay quiet when we're supposed to. And yes, we tell people when something is just plain wrong. That is your duty as a Christian. This battle is what we're afraid of. We don't want to get into this. And a lot of you just love the fact that I say keep your mouth shut because you don't really want to confront anybody anyway. And I'm not saying you're the right one to confront somebody. You might have to get your facts straight first and all this stuff. And you can say real simple stuff like uh, cut that out. See, I can't look at anybody. (laughs) Cut that out. I'm talking to you. (laughs) I'll talk to Abby. Abby, cut that out. You know, passing somewhere... You don't need to, like, bring them in and rebuke them. It's called reproof, right? You you don't need to do all this stuff. Sometimes you can just walk up to somebody and say, cut it out. That's being a Christian. Right is right. Speak the truth. Wrong is wrong. Speak the truth. Preference. Keep your mouth shut. And you can see when your, your, your conversations are starting to go downhill... Turn them over to God. In fact, if you don't start with God, you're going to have a real problem. And first of all, you need the privilege to speak. Either somebody has asked you or you're involved in something. You have privilege before you even try such a thing. But I do not want you to take my my phrase of keep your mouth shut so literal that somebody will walk all over somebody and you know you should do something about it. That's when you speak. The battle is actually God's, and you can turn it over to him. He's just using you. Here's a bunch of them right here. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power. Everybody has heard that before, right? This, This one here goes back to law. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight with you against your enemies. This is a battle we're in. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. Promote some stuff. Stop some other stuff. And don't argue about the other things. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. When you're right, you have this peace that you don't need to do anything else. There's no need to argue with anybody. Right is right. And when you're right, now don't just think you're right. Be right. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you just ask him for a little help in this battle? This battle of whether to speak or not to speak? I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, our Christ Jesus, in all of his righteousness. 
You realize an advocate is somebody that stands up for somebody, that defends somebody. You understand that this is what he's done for us because we can't. We can't get into heaven on our own. We cannot do it. He has to do it. When he hung on that cross, it was the right thing to do. And he just did it. He didn't speak a lot. He said very few things. But he was an advocate for us at that very moment. And he will be again when you step through the gates. This is something that you have to just turn over to him sometimes and let him fight the battle for you. He will guide you. He will show you what to do. And either you choose to keep your mouth shut or speak up. I want you to make this decision right now, but I want you to make it with God and not without him. Start on your knees. Isn't that cool? We, we don't like it. We don't want to. I have a hard time getting up. And I know maybe that sounds funny, but that's the truth. But I still need to do it. That's where you start a battle. You have him go with you. You take your time and you think things through. Is this right? Is this wrong? Or is this just a preference? God, help me make this call. And whatever you decide with him by your side, he will go with you. If you say amen. Remember, we all learned that was what was in agreement. So be it. If God doesn't agree with you, he's not going to go with you. He's not going to give you the strength. Don't you all want this kind of strength? It's this simple. Ask him to be part of your life. Admit you've done everything or not everything right. And commit your life to doing the best that you can. It even says if you sin, he understands he's an advocate for you. Try not to. But if you do, you find yourself on the other side of the line, he will fight for you. He will help you fight each one of your battles each and every day if you'll just start on your knees And I don't care whether you take that literal or figurative. Because I'm at the age where I do the figurative thing, you know. I mentally see myself on my knees. It's the best you can do sometimes. Will you pray with me? Father God, I'm a sinner. I hate to admit that. And you hung on that cross because of my sin. Personally. This is a personal issue. God, I believe that Jesus is just exactly who he said he was, my Savior, my Redeemer, the Great High. And from this day forward, I will call him the Lord of my life and try to do the best that I can. But God, I need you to go with me to fight my battles. I need you to be with me. Help me and guide me along. Let the Holy Spirit come into my heart right here, right now, so that I can do better. And then one day, he will be my advocate. And you will welcome me to a place that I can't get you on my own. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.